the uh, East River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, November the 14th, 2016 to order. As the record shows that the uh, meeting started at uh, seven minutes after five. Uh, <clears throat> everyone should have in front of them uh, an agenda. Um, there is one addition being uh, requested by uh, by um, administration, and that will be 8.3, Roman numeral 8.3, new, under new business, Z, section 8, new business. Mary using the microphone. Yep. Uh, so under new business, um, there's a briefing <coughs> note regarding changes to flag policy requests. Uh, are there any other additions? Uh, yes, Your Worship, I have one informational piece that I would like to speak to. Okay. About a minute and a half, two minutes at the very most. And do you have a title for it? Um, not sure what to call it. Uh, Peace River Curling Club. Okay. And so that'll be under information. So then we'll make that Roman numeral X.6. Any other additions? And what about deletions? <coughs> Hearing none, I'll uh, take a motion to accept the agenda as presented as amended. Ms. Benke, all in favor? In favor. In favor. <coughs> there are uh, two sets of minutes. Uh, minutes of October 24, 2016, regular meeting council. Are there any uh, additions, clarifications, deletions required there? Mr. Bird, is your eagle eye catching up? So you, you're jumping ahead of me. I like most, okay. So you're uh, making a motion to adopt uh, the minutes from October 24, 2016 as presented? Yes, I'll do that. All in favor? In favor. <coughs> and the what, minutes? What, your Worship, was, was that motion covering the, the appointed members of the, the committees as well? That will be the minutes of October 24, 2016, organizational meeting of council. And we're just approaching that, Mr. Needham. Can we have one small correction? Uh, if, if, it, if the correction is to, to correct an incorrect fact, yes. Number 24, if the committee name could possibly be, could read something different. I, I'm reading Peace River. Airport review, and I think perhaps if it was to read East River Airport Company, uh, just a, a small oddity, and if that could get fixed, that would be great. So, why in the councillor appointments to boards 23 and 24 are the same? Yeah, the, the wording of under committee number 24 is East River. Airport review, and I believe it should read 
Shaver Airport Company. If you read the sec top of the second, the next page, it says it's to replace with the Peach River Regional Airport Company. Section 3, 23, and 24 are the same, so we need to correct that. And where is Peace River Waste Management Company? Number 17. Okay. Peace Regional Waste Management Company. Okay. So is that the only. Uh, <coughs> so Peace River. Peace River Airport, oh, Peace River Regional Airport Company is the only correction to be made, and that occurs in two spots. Bylaws. We have bylaw 1989, uh, the municipal waste bylaw, and uh, um, have we even had first reading on this one? First time. So for you, uh, after our previous discussions, uh, this is to rescind bylaw 1965 and to present the new bylaw 1989, the waste collection, solid waste collection bylaw in its place. 
previously circulated around the uh, proposed the 1989 bylaw to uh, replace the existing bylaw 1965, which is for the collection, removal, and disposal of municipal solid waste, refuse, and ashes, and set the set the rate for such services. And this is uh, being presented after uh, going through the subcommittee that was set for uh, reviewing the waste collection bylaw and proposed amendments, uh, which we've set forth into the new revised bylaw in 1989. And uh, hopefully we've captured all the latest comments within that. Your Worship, I noticed one small item, if I may. Uh, go ahead. 5.2 and 5.7. I think they're, uh, I think there's a duplicate language there. There is. Uh, 5.2 goes to talking about uh, waste refuse collection, and yet the, I put in a similar paragraph for recycling. So one is for recycling and one is for solid waste collection. Seven, the last sentence says, as may be required for the purpose of collecting recyclable refuse. Okay, so that's the difference. All right, correct. Around the four meter clip, uh, clip between 
approved bin and the private bin, private uh, refuse uh, container. Uh, that would that came out of the subcommittee as we're talking three meters to four meters. So the committee subcommittee recommended four meters. So that's why that one was in there. I'm just thinking if I'm the refuse collector, I'm gonna go, yeah, that looks like Somebody, somebody just decided to put a bin out there that's four meters away from my approved container. But anyhow, okay. You guys know what you got. So, uh, and then uh, I see you didn't uh, accept my 3.12 uh, suggestion under B. The reason why I suggested the wording change was so you wouldn't wouldn't have a sentence and then bracketed by two semicolons in A and at the end of actually the, the item at the end of B could probably be a period since there's no other there's no clause either. No, you're correct on that one. And I did actually modify that based on your comments, so it is kind of a mixture of yours and mine. So, so why? So, so you don't want to uh, take a comma out to town and put where in small letters, and then just go where approved refuse containers are no longer functional. So you want to make that a separate sentence? That's fine. They say there to reflect that the town will be replacing that approved refuse container where the provider was but shell. But I did like their comment on shell bill. So make sure that was in there. Okay, so you're going to, so we don't want to uh, just take that last semicolon off and put a period there too. Yes, that's correct. So that would be the only amendment, right? Is that what I'm hearing? I still have an issue. I, we've got garbage bins in front of our streets. They've been out there since they've been set out now. And, and I guess the assumption is people won't do that, but they've left it out there. But you you, you put in a, a collection. You said they put in 48 hours or something like that. There was a time right Yes, he was. That's not how I interpret that, but where is that clause? So, she has 5.3G removed their refuse containers approved and private from their designated collection point within 48 hours of the scheduled collection time. That means after pickup, you have 48 hours to pick it up. So if it's picked up okay. Tuesdays, if it's picked up a day late. And I even gave them the benefit Friday. of a weekend. That was the 48 hours, was to make sure that it gave them the opportunity, for whatever reason, if it was over a weekend, that they collect. And if they set it out the next day, they would be in strict compliance with this, right? Because they picked yeah. it up. Okay, if somebody leaves it out there, I'm sure they're not going. If that's their their uh, their modus operandi, I'm sure they're not going to go out there, pull it back, and then put it back out there. 
That'd be way too much work, given that they don't want to put through the work to pull it out. I think people might do that if there was going to be a way. If you're going to be away and you weren't there, so you set it out so it's not sitting in your archive. Well, why don't we just go with this for the time being, and then we'll see if 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 your um, if your tribe on Street whatever it is 98 can't figure it out. Yeah. Well, I keep hoping they'll they'll be told to put it in the backyard, but that hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah. And one of the reasons we want to get this bylaw done uh, through amended and passed is so that we can amend the violation again, so that we can actually start. Okay, so we haven't had first reading, second reading, or third reading. So, so uh, if I can get a motion for first reading to adopt bylaw 1989. Uh, oh, we need to rescind bylaw 1965 first. That happens with the bylaw, doesn't it? You don't read it. You don't have to do it separate. Because the bylaw rescinds it, right? That's right. We haven't written in there uh, on the eight bylaw number 1965 extension 2015. So I'll make that motion of worship to uh, give first reading to bylaw 1989, the municipal waste bylaw. As amended. As amended. All in favor? In favor. In favor. Uh, second reading. Is there a motion for that? No? I'll get first and second reading. Okay. Second reading. Second, second reading to bylaw 1992, which is an amendment to bylaw 1915, the Citadel Park Area Structure Plan. Uh, the Citadel Park Area Structure Plan was first adopted in 2009 and subsequently amended in 2012. The current area structure plan provides planning direction for the development of a mixed density residential neighborhood with a commercial lot at the main entrance. Um, since 2012, the previous amendment the developer has attempted to move forward with phase one, however, the neighborhood is currently undeveloped. The proposed amendment before you today um, changes the site for a low-rise apartment building complex to a stormwater facility and surrounding green space. This would eliminate 90 apartment dwellings and reduce the anticipated population from 740 people to 517 people. 
The apartment site was on an old gravel pit site and developing an apartment building at this site requires significant foundation work that adds to the costs and complexity of the development. Uh, the developer has determined that it's too much for them to take on and reduces the financial feasibility of the development. Uh, further, the gravel pit site is better suited as a stormwater management pond and allows the developer to work with the existing topography of the site. The amendment states that the stormwater pond would be proceeding in phase three while there'd be interim stormwater management systems in place for phases one and two. The amendment also changes access to the development area off of 90th Street and adds a roadway with a buffer between it and the existing 88th Street and the industrial lands to the west. It also changes the proposed MR walkway between uh, the two cul-de-sacs and continues that to the uh, western access road. The amendment also removes the tot lot in the eastern cul-de-sac and enables a playground space in the south end of the development immediately adjacent to the town's baseball diamond. This change is supported by the town's parks and trails plan, which dictates that the town should not accept a space less than 0.3 hectares in area. And that tot lot space was 0.12 hectares, including the walkway. This Change will allow the town to focus their investment in one space within the neighborhood and provide playground infrastructure that would serve both the Citadel, Citadel development and the existing Upper West DC residents. Uh, the area structure plan is, proposes development in three phases, and the specifics of the municipal infrastructure that would support each of, each of those phases would be determined at the time of subdivision and the development agreement. Proposed area structure plan supports the development permit application for stripping, filling, excavation, and grading. Uh, the planning department has received that application that proposes to grade the citadel area in a manner that would facilitate the development of the area structure plan. And it would remove significant materials from the site and reduce the slope within the development site. Uh, should the area structure plan amendment be adopted by council, the application would be consistent with the statutory planning framework of the town. The development permit application has been received. However, additional information is still required before town administration can make a decision on that application. That includes information about the developer's intended end site condition and site restoration plans, proposals to rent nuisance during the grading operated operations, proposed access and haul routes and activities, and the timing and phasing of those activities. In addition, the developer needs to get a roadside development permit from Alberta Transportation before the town can approve that development permit. Once all that information is received, in addition to the area structure plan amendment, administration would be in a position to make a decision. Uh, bylaw 1992 is a statutory bylaw that requires three readings and a public hearing. Uh, subsequent to first reading, notice will be placed in the town newspaper as well as sent to our neighboring municipalities and relevant provincial authorities. <coughs> Council has two options. The first is to provide first reading to bylaw 1992, which allows administration to advertise per the requirements of the MDA and the Intermunicipal Development Plan, is consistent with our Parks and Trails Plan, and increases the financial and physical feasibility of the development. Option two is that Council does not provide first reading to bylaw 1992, which retains the existing area structure plan and does not give us direction to advertise. Okay, any questions? Uh, any questions of uh, Ms. Mooney? <coughs> Hearing none, I'll entertain a reading to uh, uh, 
first reading for bylaw 1992. I move uh, first reading of bylaw 1992, city park area structure plan amendment. All in favor? In favor. Favor. Okay. Uh, passed. Uh, that takes us to bylaw 1993 to establish the municipal planning commission. Request for first, second, and third reading. Um, um, and there is a briefing note. And uh, Ms. Modi, are you just going to touch on the highlights now? Uh, sure, I can do that. So, bylaw 1993 proposes um, the municipal planning commission. It incorporates changes that have been made to bylaw 1970. So that was a bylaw that had received first and second reading, but given the number of changes based on discussion with council, administration is proposing that that bylaw is defeated at third reading and bylaw 1993 is given first, second, and third reading. So that bylaw establishes a quorum of five and does not direct which five members of the Municipal Planning Commission would establish quorum. It also sets that the commission would have a maximum of nine members and that people, residents of the town of Peace River, in addition to one outside member, are eligible to sit on the board. However, public members um, who do not, are not residents of the town of Peace River, would have to have a substantial connection to the town of Peace River by virtue of either owning property or operating a business within the town's municipal boundaries. Or otherwise, or council otherwise deems a substantial connection for good and sufficient reasons. Preference will be given to resident applications foremost. Okay. Any questions of this morning? Okay. Hearing none, I'll uh, entertain uh, first first reading for bylaw. Reading of the previous one. Uh, it says right in the bottom here. Uh, that hereby uh, I go to the bottom of the uh, I go to the very bottom it says uh, repeal bylaws 17, 18, and 1817 and any amendments are hereby repealed. There's a clause under the recommendation recommendation on page one of six of okay. Okay, then, motion to repeal bylaw 1917. So we're saying we have to go to third reading. Third reading. Okay. So I make a motion to uh, take bylaw 1970 to third reading. Okay. Uh, all in favor? In favor. We'll make a motion to take it to third reading. Yep. Okay. Now we want to do bylaw 1993, right? 
Thank you, Bishop. I put a motion on the floor to provide first reading to Bible on 1993. All in favor? Favor. Second reading. I'll move that, Mr. Mayor. Okay. All in favor? Uh, Deputy Mayor Matthews, motion to go to second reading. Pass. Favor. Okay, uh, a motion to go to third reading on bylaw 1993. I'll do that, Your Worship. All right, Senator Council, make your motion. In favor. And for third reading, who wants to make the motion for third reading of bylaw? I'll make that bylaw. Okay, all in favor of Council Burr's motion? In favor. Pass. In favor. <laughs> okay, that's done. Uh, I don't see any uh, items under unfinished business, Mr. Town, if that's the case. We have to appoint the members to that commission, no? That's the right. So that's correct. Okay. Uh, that takes us to new business. And the first item under new business is presentation of the 2017 operating and capital proposed budgets. <coughs> So good evening, Council, and um, I'll be brief because there isn't much of a public hearing. It's all staff and press. So um, the purpose of, of tonight is to um, distribute the proposed 2017 operating capital budgets, um, which will prompt and elicit um, deliberations and and uh, discussions over the next uh, couple of weeks up to a month as we move to the process of finalizing our budget. A couple things I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, process, what look highlights and then next steps. Again, this is a new process for, for this council. Um, probably similar to what, what we've done in the past, but um, you know, there's probably little, little changes, little, little differences. Um, so in terms of in terms of the budget and the budget framework, um, this is an open and transparent process. All the decisions are made in public. The information is is presented or prepared by staff based on council's wishes, council's priority. We had discussions on these before and, and addressed what council wanted to see. Um, staff has taken those items and uh, brought back a budget that 
incorporates council's priorities within the financial resources available, which is um, always a, a tough thing to do. Um, I feel that we've, we've achieved a good balance of, of um, tweaking our existing budget, planning efficiencies, um, and the presented budget has a minimal impact on um, tax revenues, we'll call it. So I'll that discussion later, but rather than talk about tax rates, I'm going to frame the discussion as tax revenues and changes to tax revenue amounts. Um, draft budget presentation will be available to the public. We will distribute it to uh, those who we have uh, um, areas of interaction with, such as, for example, um, our municipal neighbors, SPCAs, um, anyone that we basically have a relationship will um, have a copy made available to them. Um, so this sets forth um, kind of in a financial terms the, the strategic resource plan for, for the upcoming meet. This doesn't supersede um, any previous strategic plans. You know, council has theirs and just tries to align with those as much as possible. Um, of course, being um, you know, all consideration for what council's um, priorities are. Um, it just does that in a way that allows for discussion and deliberation in a fluid format. So, you know, we'll be able to, to um, talk about items if something isn't presented. We can, um, you know, there'll be an opportunity for counselors to ask questions, public to ask questions, to gather information. Um, presentation, and it's going to say later in the presentation, but um, read, the, read the document, understand the document, it'll give you a better sense of what the town's operations are, what we do, where we allocate um, financial uh, resources and, and personnel to. Um, but with the changes that we did this year, the council's been apprised that we changed our, our um, current account structure, um, which was a, a significant change. It really changed um, the methodology of our accounting, which in turn changes the methodology of our budgeting. Because of that, apples to apples comparisons or one to one relationships, it didn't happen. So there was an attempt, um, best possible, to rebuild the 2016 budget under the 2017 format. Um, it's not perfect, we did what we could. Um, but you might see items in here you're thinking that that just looks weird, wonky. Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Um, staff will always clarify that um, you know, it just wasn't a perfect endeavor and it couldn't be. Um, there are some significant changes to the budgeting process. I'm talking about that in fairly good detail on I'm starting on page nine. Page eight basis of budgeting. It talks about the, the methodology methodologies that we uh, switched. Um, so stuff like internal allocations where we are um, budgeting, um, trying to track more towards activities. Um, so you know we're removing the way we allocate your budget, certain activities around um, might not really be what um, what you might expect. Um, I don't know what to expect, but um, it just might change um, the budget from what people might expect. Um, part of the problem was our allocation between our our water fund, water wastewater fund, and general fund. 
So we do have two distinct funds. They have different revenue sources, and we do track them um, as distinct funds, and they both balance each other out. Um, there were some anomalies there where uh, staff were charged heavily towards water and wastewater uh, services, so we are correcting that. We can't fix it in one year, but it is something that we are correcting. Um, and it is going the other way. Um, town properties have never been charged for water services. Um, so they're really, you know, there's a shift there that, that has to take place to show uh, the true reflective cost of town's activities and to help fund the water with water fund. Um, the total offset is neutral for the town. It's just different funding sources and different um, expenditure areas. Um, greater um, detail in terms of uh, debt and capital charge funding, so transfers to reserves. You know, they're now shown within each discrete department. Um, small amounts start out, so we're funding um, for some IT replacements out of each department. Um, and that'll expand over time as we um, build in these types of budget capacity. Um, finally, we're presenting a five-year capital budget and funding forecast. Again, council only approves the first year. Um, the next four years are for budgeting, fiscal management purposes, um, but again it shows you know, what we intend to do over, over a longer period of time. So in terms of fiscal outlook, there's some, there's some positive and negative uh, pressures uh, within this budget. Um, generally, most of them are pretty good. There's a few that are a little onerous. Um, CPI is low. Um, price increases have not gone up a whole bunch. Um, fuel and electricity charges, um, we do have a budget, a projected budget increase of those, and that strictly relates to the, um, the carbon tax, which we will be implemented uh, next year, which is on electricity, fuels, um, and that's something that we can't escape. Um, you know, so again, those are just sort of general terms. I'll also stress right now, um, this is fairly early um, in, in most people's budgeting process, so um, there are some assumptions in here. Again, we will correct these and, and identify them as we go along. Um, so this is, you know, assumptions that tend to be a bit more conservative. If we could finalize these, narrow them down, tighten them. Um, we'll, of course, bring those forward to council at that time, too. Um, so in terms of other budget pressures from external sources, um, the provincial one is a little problematic, um, considering that the province is looking at about a $10 billion deficit um, for this year, and I, I don't know where they're going to project that out, but I'm assuming it's going to be similar numbers um, in future years until um, global gas prices change. Um, that creates uncertainty. They could either decide to continue that deficit and, and not affect services, or the province could, um, could try to reduce that amount Especially, especially as we start to get in towards the provincial election cycle. Um, and, you know, always a, a first cut that always comes to mind is um, municipal services. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, it's something to be cognizant of. Um, you know, for example, MSI funding, MSI funding um, is the operating portion um, of which we get. $62,000 in 2016, again a small amount, um, that hasn't been 
we expected to. We've received verbal um, information from the province that it would, um, but possibly not at the same level. You know, there is a chance that other funding, um, you know, this this known funding MSI, I don't know if that would change, but there's a good chance that um, these one-time grants that are available will, will be a bit more limited in the future. Again, creates potential financial hardship for the town. Um, federal pressures are are probably the same as they have been for the last several years, um, and again, they're they're not really entertaining or or being involved in, in municipal funding. It's usually quite difficult and a little onerous to get federal funding for projects, and there's no other than the federal gas tax program. There's no unconditional uh, or no no funding enough, so that's always difficult. In terms of local pressures, of course, we know that local farms and local development is reduced. Um, employment is a little harder to come by in town. Um, and our infrastructure, um, as council's been made aware of, there's um, there's been a deferred work on it um, to stay substantial and we need to uh, look to ramp that up in the near future. Are there any questions so far? Um, so based on council's priorities and and uh, things that have been discussed, um, you know, we really narrowed that down to a couple main priorities for this document. Uh, first is to manage the tax burden to property owners, limit it um, when possible, um, and find efficiencies within the organization to do so. Um, so for example, you know, there's, there's been changes within our organization this year where we did structural changes. Um, you know, departments were shifted, things moved around, and again, that, that um, makes us a bit more um, stronger financially, potentially, um, and it'll probably lead to better organization. Um, uh, recreation services infrastructure are very important to council, so we are, of course, um, uh, cognizant and included that. And build capacity within uh, the budget for operating capital programs. Um, so the document itself, again, um, it's really it is a communication guide both for council staff and the public uh, to give you a better sense of of the town and services it does and and how it achieves those from a financial point of view um, so it's broken down um, the first half of it is really um, more sort of an introductory talks about how we budget um, budget assumptions uh, some inside information and then it gets into details um, details budget details by department are summarized um, so like um, accounts are rolled up um, but there is a full chart of accounts the last appendix will show all the accounts um, and that's about 15 pages of, of individual uh, lines and items so um, those are always fun to go through where the changes are from year to year um, and again the capital budget which is not just for the one year, shows five-year plan with potential funding. Um, and that funding is laid out, which shows the debt impact and impact on our reserve funds. So in terms of the budget itself, just a couple summary items to discuss. The proposed operating budget includes expenditures of about $21.8 million which um, is about a million dollars more than last year. That seems like a high number right away, but there's really two items that are driving. Uh, the first is the town has um, 
put in requests in $370,000 in grants under the Alberta Community Partnership Program for um, assistance on the um, intermunicipal collaborative frameworks and um, the intermunicipal development plan, one of those which council um, approved last week or week before. Um, the other impact this year is the proper budgeting of the airport company. So again, that relationship, um, the airport company is leasing the airport from us. They are, they are billing, well the town is billing them um, to operate the airport on their behalf, um, but then in turn we have to contribute to the airport company. So that contribution to the airport company is over a quarter million dollars. So you know, that 370000 and 250000 makes up the brunt of that increase. Um, we don't net items out, so we show the revenue and expense of separate items, and they know the driver there. Um, so there's a base budget increase of expenditure increase of $708,000. Um, proposed service level initiatives, and again, these are um, new initiatives that staff have brought forward to council. The amounts in here could be amended, they could be uh, changed based on council deliberations. We could, council could add to them at any time. Um, but as of right now, you know, the main impact of those is $137,000, and those are really the ones that the council will spend some time deliberating on. Um, but the base budget, as, as is, has no impact on required tax revenues. Um, so the amount needed in terms of tax revenues, which is just over $10 million does not necessarily increase because of the base budget um, requirements. Service level initiatives may or may not change that. You know, we will um, see as we go through these deliberations. Again, it, it's a fairly minor number, so it's unlikely that um, we're, we're going to require more um, in terms of taxes. And again, you know, there are mechanisms to deal with that this year if it's a small amount. Um, there's our tax rate stabilization reserve that we can bring in to uh, use as a tool to try to, to uh, lessen that, that impact. Um, so again, the base budget shows if it's approved as is, um, you'd actually have a budget surplus at this point, meaning you'd have to bring in less tax revenue. Um, of course, council wants to consider um, new initiatives and services, so that's always unlikely, but um, you know, as is, you know, staff have brought forward a, a base budget of four services that would use less tax money than in previous years. The water and wastewater rate are separate, so it's a separate fund, different funding, different allocated expenses, um, and staff are proposing a rate increase of 3.96% on the water wastewater rate, um, which would change the per meter rate from $4.43 to $4.61. Um, the increase is twofold. First of all, um, as council been made aware of during my variance report, consumption is down. Residential consumption is down 10%, commercial 16%. Um, we're going to track to see where those numbers go, and maybe that this rate will change. Um, but as is, you know, if the revenues are re have decreased like that, um, most of our expenses are fixed, and we can't we can't change those. So. You know, unfortunately, we need to make up the difference. The other is a need to continue to fund capital and infrastructure maintenance needs on, on the water wastewater side. So, in terms of ne next steps, um, 
please read, understand the document. Um, you know, I always have people say they were going to read it. They didn't have any intention of reading it, but it actually wasn't that bad. So hopefully I get a couple of those this year. Um, if you have any questions, keep in touch. Call me, email me, myself or Al. Yes? I actually have one question if I can Absolutely. start one off here. Um, going back to a comment that Councillor Banky made uh, last time we were talking about uh, the budget, yes. are we going to see a line by line on the capital purchases? So. And the reason why I ask is if you go into your into your handout here yes. on page 67, and that's in the, in the capital. Yes. And I'm just going to point out uh, halfway down the page, uh, Shaftesbury sidewalk bracket C can yes. sixty thousand dollars. That's correct. So then you refer to page ninety six, which is the Shaftesbury Trail pedestrian pathway project. Where's that sixty thousand for? So those are two separate items. So the first they, one, only items that we are proposing to do in this year, year one, has a specific individual capital sheet. We didn't do capital sheets for projects that are, are for years two and and uh, years two to five. So Councillor Ford, if you go to page sixty, these are two specific um, discrete projects. Mm -hmm. So the first one is the Shaftesbury Trail, which is doing the, the trail from Shaftesbury Estate to Lower West East. And well, the reasons are okay. So they're two different projects, but this this sixty thousand on page sixty seven, and uh, Lower West. And on page sixty, I'm assuming that sixty thousand is the same item. It is. So that's a year two. That's a twenty eighteen proposed project, mm -hmm. and that is to replace the um, the sea camp um, along the trail just above Lower West East. So and that's with the, that's with a bridge, not sea camp. Correct. We've been calling it a CCAN. I don't know if you consider that different. Well, the, well, the a portable bridge is definitely different than a CCAN. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying no. This is this is CCAN. You can buy it for three thousand. No, no, this is to remove that and put in a better a better option. So we're looking at bridge. We're looking, yeah, sorry. We're, we're looking at a, a bridge, some type of bridge structure to, to get rid of the CCAN. Yeah, I guess it would just be nice to see. <coughs> With that sixty thousand, if that's where I'm going with it, it'd be nice to see where the money's going. Not just sixty thousand. What is it two years from now? What is it for? Yep, um, and definitely those those are information that we can provide. Years two to five are assumptions. You know, some of them are placeholders. <coughs> so you know, we have had talks on on what the options are around those, and, and that's something that we can provide and and uh, discuss during our, our deliberations and discussions coming up. Okay. Do you want an answer now, or would you like to say that? No, I, I'm fine with deliver, deliberations. Yep. I have one question, just it's probably early. Do you have any sense of what the tax assessments are going to, how they're going to change? Like previous years, they've always gone up a little bit. Yes. I um, suspect, based on what rents are doing, that prices will be coming down. Is that safe to say, or you don't have any idea? I had received preliminary information a couple of weeks ago from the assessor and, and um, assessments, average assessments were tend to go down um, substantially in the seven to nine percent range on average, seven to nine percent. Um, 
So again, in that discussion before, if you look at if you look at tax rate and assessment in the same vein, um, you know, as tax rates as assessments go down, your tax rate has to go up. So there's obviously that relationship there. Um, while I'm cognizant of council is concerned about the tax rate, I'm trying to steer the direction towards tax revenues required. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think we'll be able to achieve a budget that does not increase or minimally increases required tax revenues from from the residents. So, you know, of course, there might be individual circumstances where um, people might pay higher. There'll be circumstances where people pay lower. But on average, people pay very similar amounts, I believe, when this process is done um, to what they would have paid in 2016. But there's a greater risk of seeing people seeing changes on their tax bill at the end, you know, when the tax assessments go out, when we have to adjust the mill rate, right? I'm not sure I follow. It does make sense. I'm just thinking that if, if the assessments don't change significantly, then the mill rate stays the same, and then people's balance they pay will stay very close. Yeah. But if, if we have to you know, juggle the numbers and increase, change the mill rate, isn't there a greater risk to see, uh, for people to see a different change than say, say others in, in town? Or is it not? I'm not certain. Um, when we go to set the tax rate, and that will be next spring, we will obviously have the final right. assessments. So, you know, when I say the, you know, we're looking at the 79% decrease, but that number will be known. Again, that's a, a communication effort that will have to be to just re-emphasize to the public that you know, look at your tax burden or your tax bill, not your not the necessary tax rate. Um, and re-emphasize, you know, the amount that we need in tax revenue is, is very similar to what we had in previous years. Um, in terms of decision packages, the the budget can be broken down into um, four real decision packages, and that's really um, approval of the base budget. Um, and, and more information will be provided. This is not the only thing that council's going to receive. As more information comes in, um, you'll all be given binders. Binders will be updated. Because um, again, like I mentioned, this is a very fluid process. We want to make sure that we get it right. We want to make sure council's comfortable with the information that they receive and that you uh, have received enough of it. So, you know, there, there's, there's going to be um, changes in, in more information provided. Um, Council will be looking to approve the water and wastewater rate and any potential changes there. Approval of the 2017 plan, capital plan, and approval of service level initiatives. And, and those approvals will end up determining the required tax revenue changes um, for the town for the upcoming year. In terms of the budget schedule, um, this is it here, so there's going to be meetings. Um, there's only one newly scheduled meeting, and that's the one for next Monday. And again, we'll post information on this again to try to solicit um, public input, public support. Um, that's difficult to do. Um, so I'll talk to uh, Mr. Dietrich to try to uh, figure out a way to engage the public. Because this is really, you know, if we acquire the misinformation, hopefully they're able to comment on it. Say, yeah, I, you know, these are my priorities. I wish council would consider them, or everything's fine, or you know, should just go out the finance department and, 
and subscribe for something like that. You know, that's their choice. You can't say that. Um, other than the meeting for next week, um, it's my intent just to use our regular council meeting time, probably an hour to an hour and a half chunk in each one of those meetings. Um, I'm hopeful that the budget will be finalized sometime in mid-December. Um, but if not, we just continue on and, and go from there until it's done. I have a question. Uh, yes, Deputy, or Deputy Mayor. Yeah. Um, is it assumed that if the um, if there's a rate increase for the water wastewater rate, is it assumed that that means revenue changes January one, or is there an assumption that and it's all built in that this doesn't change until possibly May June when the budget is finalized? Staff will be looking for on the water and sewer side to implement that change as soon as possible. Um, Thank you. If we don't, we may have to look at increasing that rate by pennies to make up the difference or potentially leaving it as it is. But again, if we're able to finalize that um, part of the budget, um, a bylaw to be drafted and you know, approval hopefully to be made sometime either in late December or in um, early January. Thank you. Again, if we're wrong on the rate, let's say we're high, um, that those money stay within that fund. So it's not like they're thrown into general coppers or something like that. And they'd be used for to uh, either stabilize or in the future or for capital pur purchases or purposes or for some other reason. Um, so again, just to really summarize really quick, you know, these are the points that, that this budget's trying to achieve. Um, again, being sensitive that we need to um, plan for the future, um, building capacity, um, but sensitive towards um, tax bills and tax burdens of property owners. Um, I didn't use the word fiscal sustainability once during my presentation, I always do. Um, people are kind of sick of hearing it, and, um, but again, you know, that's something that we're trying to build into, into the budget. Um, you know, improving our, our, trend, our, our reserve balances, managing those proper use of, of debt and other external sources. So. Um, any questions that are received um, through the office, through myself, through Mr. Schramm, um, they'll be brought forward to council. Either sent at the time or, or brought forward. So if someone asks a general question, um, we'll make sure that all council's uh, aware of that information if they want to provide input. Um, similarly, if council, if an individual councillor receives input or questions, you know, feel free to pass it along to myself and I'll distribute it or if they want to bring it here and, and share it, you know. Um, this is again, um, a lot of people don't like to come to these meetings, but they want their voice to be heard and if the counselor is the one that does that, then, then so be it. So we don't have a separate section dealing with the strategy for financing the recreational complex that we're envisioning building. So, on page number 43 is the sub-department or division for the arena. The second line for the bottom, um, which is debt and capital charges, um, shows the 2017 proposed budget of $1,001,000, which is an increase from 750000 the year before. So that is, again, building in that capacity within the budget without 
affecting um, back revenues or amounts needed. Um, so we built that into the base budget um, and the funding or the amount used for the arena in 2017 will be uh, $1 million now. Once you take some time and, and understand how it, it relates to each other, it should make a bit of sense. And you'll see departmentally, divisionally, you know, what we're trying to achieve here, where, where the changes are, where things places you could ask questions. Um, and there's, you know, under each section, it talks about the significant budget change. So anywhere where there is something that's pretty significant, there's some text there to talk about it. So if you want to have this out or require more information, again, please get in touch. For information. I'll make that motion to urge it. Okay. Councilor Needham and I, I emailed you the presentation just before I went up. So. Well, I just, yeah, all we got was your email, Gregor. That, all I got was your, was your email. Thing. So, just talk to your PowerPoint, but the, yeah. the, the pages are the, um, the budget document, I'll send you the link for that either later tonight or first thing in the morning. That'll be on our website um, tomorrow morning. Thank you. It's only 125 pages. <laughs> um, and uh, CAO Parker has a copy. Well, my only advice is, Greg, remember it's an election year, so you got to uh, you got to keep that in mind. And absolutely, and that's been that's been considered within the preparation of, of this document and, and the uh, upcoming budget. When does this become public? This is public now. So this this is a proposed, and this is already under. You know, anytime you talk about something, it's kind of changing. Um, anytime you make a decision on something, it's not going to be in here. So we're going to capture our changes electronically. So this is a proposed one. It's for information. It's to give people a sense. Um, once council approves something, there will be another one done. That'll be the approved one. It'll be a little bit different than this, and it'll actually be a little bit more elaborate because. Um, my focus at that point, I don't have time to do it now, but um, I need to make those additional steps in time, the strategic plan to this document. Council um, strategic plan talks about the things that, that have done, how, that have happened, um, and, and tie that in about how that, those things are going to be. So again, you know, once, and those will come in the final approved um, version of this. So, so you're saying this is, will be on the website or people have to come in and get a copy? No, no, it'll, it's available. It will be available on the website. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. So it'll be mid-morning tomorrow morning at the very latest. And again, we'll start um, doing our promotions on social media because again, um, you know, it's, it's a public document. It's, it's their document. The public should know or needs to know what's going on. I think this will be well, easier for most people like, to digest if they have something they can sit down and look at. That's what we spent enough of the time in previous years. So. It's not just numbers. 
through this series of just numbers and people tend to glaze over this really talks about what services does the town do and how does it impact them.
2016 construction with a 400 mil water main siphon. Option 1B was 1.578 million, and that was for 2017 construction with a 400 millimeter water main siphon. Uh, 2A, 1.485 million, and uh, 2A was for 2017 construction with the 400 mil water main siphon, and 2D was uh, 2017 construction completion with the 450 millimeter water main siphon at 1.559 million. So uh, we listed the, the number of options there. So option one was to award the contract to the lowest bidder, Glen Armstrong Construction. And you'll see that for recommending under the options the same uh, contractor on each option as he was the low bidder on each option. Jim, I have a question first. Yeah. Um, you've got a you know, 2016 start date and 2017. Realistically, do you have any time in 2016? Construction season left? Uh, not a lot. And talking to, if we pick Glen Armstrong, Armstrong construction, we talked to him last week and used to like, I, I don't think there's much chance of getting any construction started in 2016. But so there was an option in the bidding process? It was. But it's pretty practical. That's correct. Thank you. Since we've included that option in there, we have a duty to report that option. So, option one was to select option 1A. Uh, option two was to select option 1B. Uh, option three was to select option 2A. And option four was to select option B. So uh, financial implications in selecting uh, the appropriate option before we get to the actual recommendation, just so uh, Mayor and Council has an understanding of the funding uh, formula for this project. So when we initially looked at the small communities fund contributions, uh, for each of those years. So 2015-2016 we had $1 million of contribution. 2016-2017 we had $5 million of contribution uh, to give us a total of $6 million. So uh, in this total contributions for 2015 were $2.5 million uh, and $1 million uh, being uh, part of the municipal contributions in 2016-2017. So Sarah gave the total contributions uh, in 2015-2016 we had 3.5 million, 2016-2017 we had 6 million, and 2017-2018 at 2 million. So the first project, the shop size utility project, was completed in 2016. Uh, from the above funding, 1.9 million was allocated for this particular project, uh, and with 1.265 million being funded from the 2016 small communities fund contribution and 635,000 being funded from the In addition to the tender amount, it's recommended to a 10% contingency for whichever option is chosen and the above amounts do not include engineering costs 
that happened previously to the war by substantial amounts, including 49,000, not including contingency. With this in mind, some anticipate the project will extend uh, beyond the 1.9 million allotted for this project and may require funding from the small communities fund contribution allotted for the saddleback phase of the project. The funding, uh, the project funding requirement depends on which option is chosen. Now, it should be kept in mind of that 349,000 that we allotted for engineering. Uh, that portion also includes the saddleback engineering. So even though we're looking at dipping into the small communities fund, uh, engineering for that one has already been allocated previously for that. So there, uh, in the next table, you can see the project funding requirements. And uh, so the total funding requirement uh, ranging from way from 2.044 million uh, to option 2D, which is 2.099 million. It's administration's recommendation that we pr proceed with option four and the award the contract to Glen Armstrong Construction in the amount of $1.559,954.70 plus GST. And this would require, uh, the budget will require an increase in the allotted $1.9 million to $2.1 million as outlined above. So lot of, there's a lot of numbers in there. I have a question then. Yeah. Uh, you kind of lost me when you're talking about how we were going to cover off the $200,000, I guess, shortfall yes. in the estimate versus the actual amount. So I guess, can you break that down to me in terms of what monies do we need to find, if any, and where you're suggesting we find those from? Well, uh, we're looking at funding that uh, out of the small communities fund uh, that we are allotted for the next phase. Then we're going to be short on that phase then? Uh, probably about 50000 is what I'm looking at is if we're saying 100, 349000 engineering for both the fines and the and actually the list stations in there as well. So we can say that of that 150000 is going to be allocated to the Saddleback phase portion. So it's uh, probably more apt to say that we're probably short 50000 Okay. Out of that. Yeah. But that's assuming that our estimates are accurate when we actually go to tender the next project, right? That's correct. And when were we supposed to tender that one? That one there, we were looking at uh, progressing with the engineering next year and then constructing in 2018. And that's partially why I'm looking at including the engineering for Saddleback in this closing number, is because we're actually going to be doing the engineering within this next year. Mr. McQuaid? Yes, Deputy Mayor. Could you um, just explain and clarify to me where is this line running to and fro? So this line basically continues on from uh, the bottom of the shop slide project. Okay. Uh, Once its way, I think, to the, the side of the Citadel development, and then along the riverfront back to the CN Rail Bridge. 
and that's where we're trying to to uh, okay. water one. And it's the 600 mil or the 450 mil that we're... We have 600 mil HDPE that runs to the bottom of the shop slide and then we have 600 mil that runs across the bridge yeah. and we're proposing we're going to try that in with 450 mil uh, PVC which has an equivalent inside diameter to the 600 PVC. So this project is the 450? That's correct. Okay, thank you. And the option we presented is, you know, proceeding in 2017. Maybe if I could, one more question: Would this have any impact on any neighborhood improvement uh, project that's going forth, maybe by the same company? I'm not sure. No. Where exactly is this line going? So it's going from the bottom of the slide? Yeah. Where, so by the overpass? Where, where we finished off by the shop slide, if we go down the hill to the shop slide, there's a manhole located partway down on that slope. And that's where we finished off last year. So right now what we're doing is picking up off of that timing point, bringing it down the hill further around under the CN rail tracks and we're going to do a directional board base there bring it through there down to uh, the east side of the CN rail line around that area there and then yeah, we're there. so you're coming down and around yes kind of like following the old highway yes you could uh, you could maybe show it on your System or so, GIS system or the system 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 system
same time for the water. We were hoping you guys were looking at the map and could tell us what's well, going on. I, 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 I got to run at 7, so I'll, I'm going to hang in here for half an hour, but uh, yeah, I was hoping you'd follow through this quicker than this. God, we saved all that time on the garbage pile, and now, and now we're hung up on pipe. It's kind of one of the same in the end. One's solid and one's liquid. I don't know why you say that or whatever say. Both downhill. <laughs> Solid waste doesn't necessarily flow downhill. Find a locate a map for you. Well, here's a new garbage cart in the roll. Sure, there's YouTube videos of it somewhere.
while we're ready for this, does the town use go to meeting? Like I, like the government, we have some other use links, but the team has told me to go to meeting. So then, counselors are waiting. They can sign into that, and then they'd be able to share the desktop. Yeah, we're going to we're going to improve our process for um, involving counselors that aren't here, both the telephone and uh, and other options. Nobody in this room is doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I don't know if that's good or bad. Cool. Staff can start voting. <laughs> Would you like all the evil genius or the pieces of the TV? So that is coming across, that is on this side of, uh, of Jasper then where they did that borehole. So it's heading to what the north side of the line campground, not Citadel. Right? Actually, yeah, Citadel's down here. Right. Well, this one makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. proceed with the recommendation from administration to move forward on option four awarding the contract to Glen Armstrong construction for one million five hundred and fifty nine thousand nine hundred and fifty four dollars and seventy cents plus GST um, with the acknowledgement that this will be an increase in the budget of one point nine for the project. Fish with, with individuals coming to their own uh, cause. 
for a decision regarding Alberta Community Partnerships grants. Is this uh, Ms. Bell? This so this is a uh, request to get council motion to make an application for a ACP Alberta Community Partnership grant. Um, so what this is, this is a collaborative grant with the uh, India Peace to redo our inter-municipal development plan which is dated and uh, needs to be updated. So this is actually one of the items I mentioned in my budget spiel when I said that expenses are up to $200,000, 370 actually. This is $200,000 of potential expenses, but um, would be offset fully by, by grant if we receive it from the province. So again, um, this is just seeking council's uh, authority approval to uh, in our grant application for uh, financial assistance for our IDP. Was this at the request of somebody or is this an initiative the town is taking on? It's an initiative that we're doing. And have we spoken to the other participants? Oh yes, absolutely. Oh, all of them or just the MVPs? Because having sat through that meeting of the IDP, I'm wondering if this is, I mean, I understand the NGA is changing, I understand where the government's going with this, but um, I would hope that if we're putting in a collaborative grant to address the IDP, that we're talking to all of the parties who are involved in the IDP. Alicia, is this, is this IDP, is it just between us and the MP, or is there additional parties? Uh, so right now our current IDP does have the three counties, or the three rural municipalities involved. That doesn't mean that we have to have an international development plan that involves all three. That's a choice. Um, right now, this grant application was done between the town and the MD. We have the town has definitely spoken to the MD, or sorry, the County of Northern Lights and the Northern Southern County. I think the purpose here is to pursue funding that would allow us to pursue the project. Ultimately, would it be just an IDP between the server and the MD's piece? So we're putting our foot, our hand up for potential funding that would help support this project. 
So you're looking to get the funding, be first in line, first come, first serve, create a template that you then will, will hopefully be able to take out to the other two counties. Well, it may end up that the project becomes something between the four municipalities. Oh, okay. May or may not. That just it's too early. But right now, the MD and the town have said yes. Let's put our hand up for the funding, and then it may morph into more possibly or not. Too early to say. But that's one of the proposed amendments in the MTA is that we have to update those or do some sort of changes. So, yeah. I, like to me, to get a, get our foot in the door and, and ask for the funding that only makes sense. But. I think my question is, you approached the other ones and said we're going to go for this application grant application. Would you support us in it? And they said yes or no. I, I'm not sure that they said either. Yeah, you only have to have two to make the grant. Well, I understand that, but it would certainly be more forceful if you had four. Right, that's true. But I think in terms of the timeline for moving this forward to the application phase, then this is what we know in terms of what's going on in the other municipalities. The MD and the town just decided let's do this and run with it and maybe we'll see what happens afterwards if we get the funding. Fair enough. Yeah, thank you. And the MD has made their motion to affect this already, have they not? That I'm not sure of. I believe they have. I guess the only concern I have is just optically how does it look? Does it look like the town and the MD are pushing an agenda here and the other two are on the outside. Like I guess having like I said, having sat through that meeting, I know that it is a touchy subject and that I just I'm not hundred percent sure if optically this conveys the right message. I don't have a I don't disagree with the idea of getting the funding so we can look at moving forward on it. I just a little bit concerned that only two of the four at this point have either even been consulted or are aware that we're going down this path. I I yeah, I don't know if they have either, but I think the idea is to to get the funding so we don't have to pull it out of our own genes and at least get the experience of doing this that we can take it on. Agreed. So could we not at least out of courtesy let them know that they're not being excluded in this process? Because they are part of the IDB. Do you know what I mean? They're definitely part of the current IDB. I know on an administrative level this has been a discussion with all four municipalities. Okay. For sure. I don't think anybody is purposely being. So they know that we're applying for this grant? I can't speak to that. I'm mm -hmm. simply not aware. Maybe it's semantics, but I guess I just. So I have one question. So this, Chris, in the note, Chris said this was discussed at MSA. Northern Lights is not part of MSA, are they? No, they're not. Although I know that this discussion originated based on, you know, discussion between all of the AOs, including Northern Lights. So it was discussed with them. And so is the deadline uh, critical or could this wait one more week? I think the deadline is. Says in that briefing, December 16th. I still think we can apply for the grant to cover all of them. And the CEOs can talk and see whether they want, want to be part of it or not. Specifically, which, which, what, what are we worried about? Or, or are we worried about? Who's, who's, who's going to give us the problem, Tana? Well, so there's only one group that wasn't at MMSA. 
and that's the county of Norton Whites. But there was an email. Uh, I, so I can talk to them more. I can ask. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think Ms. Benke is just looking for confirmation that Mr. Parker talked to all the the uh, three counties. So, um, but there's, I think we'd, we'd like to get this rolling because there's $200,000 on there and he doesn't want to be upstairs. Uh, I guess all I'm saying is I just I know that there was a lot of tension at that meeting regarding the IDP and I just don't want them to think that we're you know pushing an agenda here if all even if all we're doing is just sending in an email saying look there's this funding available or when the time comes for us to reevaluate the IDP we just want to get in line for that so it doesn't come out of anybody's pockets that's all I'm saying I think one of the other reasons that the NBC is considering this together is that one, they need the two, and they were willing to move quickly together. But also, my understanding of the grant is that there is a limited number of times that a municipality can apply. So other municipalities, not Sivers, but our own neighbors, might have a lot of other neighbors. Uh -huh. So they might want to apply for the grant for an IDP with a different partner. So NBC is considering that, okay, we can do this one together. Okay. But that leaves, I think, some openings for our other neighbors potentially apply for others. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we will ensure that the other rurals were given a, a chance to participate. So at least at very minimum informed about this. I'll make sure Sadio does that. Yeah, motion. I'll make a motion to make the, the town make an application for $200,000 to the Alberta Community Partnership Grant for updating the Insurance Municipal Development Plan. All in favor? In favor. Favor. Request for decision regarding the grant opening invitation from MDFPs regarding the 100th anniversary of the new Amanda building and that is for Wednesday, correct? This Wednesday, November 16th. Oh, invitation for December 1st. Okay. Uh, there's a recommendation by this administration to enable mayor and councillors to attend the MDFP's 135 grand opening on December 1st. Is there anybody who wants to, who concurs and wants to make that a motion? I would make the motion as. Okay, all in favor of Deputy Mayor Randall's motion? In favor. Favor. Uh, request for decision regarding subdivision and development appeal board appointments. So, Your Worship, this is a. Uh, oh, you just. Oh, actually, yeah, Alicia's here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's easy. Yeah. This one was so easy, I was going to do it. Um, <laughs> it, it is. Um, and it should be. And also, I do have to write a sentence, so no pressure. Uh, your Worship, just in regards to uh, the name on the, uh, the document here, that's my other house employer. Am I in conflict with that? No. So we've received an application for the Subdivision and Development Appeal Board from Jeff. Parkworth. Um, our 
SCAB bylaw allows for up to nine members on our S on the SCAB, and uh, this time we have two vacancies. As we currently have three members at large and one non-resident member, so before the before council is the option to appoint Jeff Harcourt to the subdivision and development board or to not appoint, uh, based on the fact that we have a vacancy and also Mr. Harcourt is a lawyer, which lends a an important kind of expertise to the board. Uh, administration would recommend that council appoints Jeff Harcourt for a three-year term. I'll make that motion, Your Worship, that you uh, accept the administration's recommendation and appoint Jeffrey M. Harcourt to the Subdivision Development Appeal Board for a three-year term. Okay, all in favor? In favor. In favor. Do we have to appoint another three or something? No, I think this is. Oh, well, that's the. Uh, I guess you want to do it yourself. So. Because they are doing it right now. Okay. You can see the three. Yeah. He applied for both. Well, did he apply for both? He recommended the SBA. Oh, okay. Okay, so that takes us to. Municipal Planning Commission appointments, right? Instead of MCP appointments. Okay, so uh, opening that up, we've got uh, Mr. Jim. The first one on this list is Jim Tallman. Can I? Yeah. Take it so now that we've passed bylaw 1993, which establishes the Municipal Planning Commission, we have up to nine members on that commission. We currently have three council members, and we need to appoint no less than three, but up to six public members. Uh, so we currently have five members at large on the MPC. All of those members have said that they're willing to let their names stand for reappointment. They are John Clark, Diane LeBoy, Tony Nickenchuk, Andy Gobro, who is a non-resident, and uh, Aaron Hamilton. They are our current members of the MPC. We've also received a further five applications for new public members to the Municipal Planning Commission. They are Renee Bench, Amy Murphy, Jim Tallman, Hayden Gust, and Ruth McClay. So we have a couple of options before Council. One is to appoint three current members of the MPC and three of the five new applicants to have a balance of new voices and experience on our Municipal Planning Commission. Or option two is to simply appoint six residents of the town of server to serve as members of the municipal planning commission. Another question. So all those existing members, their terms expired, so they're okay. no longer on the commission. They have they all have to be reappointed. Like there's no none of them are appointed partway through. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So there's we've got six applications here. Are you saying accept all six? Sorry, we have 10 names who are willing to let their names stand. Five are, old, five are current members, or were current members until their terms expired, and there are five new applications, and we need to appoint six of that 10. Is there any issue with all six of them having the same uh, starting and ending date? No, I don't think so, we just need to Stay on top of what those expiry dates are and make sure that we get the council in time for reappointment. And if we leave them all the same, then it's only one trip back to council. That's 
think of them. Because there's no there's no period of time where they can only go for two terms or one term, right? So they can keep being reappointed every three years, really. So our current new MTC bylaw states that if it's a non-resident, then that has lower priority in terms of uh, appointment than residents. That's correct. I'd like to put a proposal forward that we go with the one recommendation from administration that we pick three of the existing and three from the new and go with that and that way like you said we, we can't keep some of the experienced people there and we can break in some new ones so we've got five ex existing ones and we've got five new ones so pick three from each pile and welcome to the party so Ms. Lavoy doesn't want to be on there I understand or she does now or well, she is willing to let her name stand and she recognizes that she has a lot of experience on the board. So we keep three of the existing? Is that what you said? Three existing. That, that would be my recommendation and then take three from the new application. So who from the existing would like to? Well, I guess maybe the best way to put it is who who from the residents of Peach River, uh, uh, which three attend most, most often? The three that are probably most consistent there are John Clark, Aaron LaVoy, and probably Andy. But because of our new criteria, I would think that he would probably not fit into as the third party. So my recommendation then would be uh, Tony Nickenshaw. Okay. So John Clark, Diane Lavoy, Tony Nickenshaw. So, okay, that would be your recommendation at the time. Okay, so why don't we deal with the three existing ones and accept those? So if one can, someone can make a motion for those, and then we'll pick three from the other. Uh, yeah, I think I just made a motion to choose John Clark down the way and Tony Nickenshaw from the existing members. All in favor? In favor. Okay, so I picked those motion. Okay, so uh, the uh, the next set is we need three of these, right? Jim Tallman, lots of experience. Renee Bench, lots of experience with town planning. Katie Murphy. Uh, you go with Ms. Modi's uh, uh, logic. She's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely good to have that experience, although more critical on the SDAB for sure, which is why we uh, suggested Mr. Harcourt go to that board. Okay. Ruth McQuaid and Hayden uh, Gust. So are we just going to throw a motion out? Because I'll yep. throw a motion out. Yep. Uh, so I would make a motion to appoint Renee Bench, Jim Tallman, and Hayden Gust. Okay. Hey, I have a question. Jim was on the community services. He's no longer there. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's still there. You know, he tends to stay there. Or maybe he just can't 
very easy line. Yeah, he's retired now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you, you, made, you made a motion. Uh, any, any, uh, anybody want thinking that somebody, uh, somebody else might just to throw out a name? Yeah, are people comfortable with those things? Well, I actually not picked out three similar but different names. And coming from the new, I had Renee Venturi, McQuaidy, and Aiden Dust. Okay, well, you you overlap with two of the three, two of the three, so you've got a motion on the table. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I guess my question is, Hayden is running a construction outfit, and there could be conflicts with the board occasionally. If he is working on a project that comes before the FTC, then yes, that would be a conflict. So he would just need to excuse himself. I mean, I think you could probably um, say that there would be conflict as well, potentially. And this is an issue that I brought up with. No, actually, that I brought up with the CAO, but that's regarding Ruth McQuaid being. Yeah, because there's there is a restriction that you can't be a town employee. And I asked specifically about that because even though she isn't, she's a spouse, and I just asked. Yeah, I, I think it probably would be best if, if she didn't even even spouses are just keeps it clean out. So, so you're, but it, with Aiden Gust, he's a construction guy. So, uh, Amy Murphy, you're thinking she may be dealing with. Uh, well, it, I guess it doesn't matter. It's a toss-up for me or me. Well, you, you put the motion on the table. You don't want to change it. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable with the three, I think. Okay, what was your three again? Renee, Jim Tallman, and Hayden Gust. Okay, all in favor? In favor. In favor. Okay. I'm going to have to run here, guys. Hey, good night, Colin. What? Why? <laughs> he hangs up. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a request for decision. TA Norris, 60th anniversary. This is the one that's on November 16th, right? Yeah. I can't attend this. Uh, I've been roped into another uh, another event with Mr. McQuaid. Do we need someone there, or uh, I mean, can we just enable people to enable control controllers? Yeah. Are they asking for welcome? I thought they just were inviting Baron Council to show up and be part of the 60th anniversary celebration. You get to hang out with Peace River School Division staff and board trustees. Uh, that's at 7 o'clock. Uh, no speeches asked for. Just come and hang out, I guess, eh? No RSVP. No RSVP. Okay, so. Uh, that'll be that time the worship enable um, 
mayor and council, those available to attend the TA North 60th anniversary on November 16th at 7 p.m. Great. All in favor? In favor. So number nine is a light up, is the light up park celebration and Norm uh, is Stabney wants somebody to uh, bring some greetings from the town council. The fact that nobody listens to you at, at the light up the park celebration, there's no need, there's no reason not to stand up. Are you speaking to me? Is this the same thing? Very thankfully to my speech last year. <laughs> we'll turn up the volume. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, so let me just well, if I so are you going to turn up for this, Deputy Mayor? Well, I could if uh, you're not, or can't. Well, so uh, we'll, uh, one of us will be there. We will uh, attempt to, do we need to make a motion on this? Okay. Uh, motion to enable um, the mayor or alternate to present a short statement of welcome on behalf of the town at this year's Light Up the Park celebration. Sure. Okay, all in favor? In favor. Okay, reports, check registry, uh, any questions? My, uh, oh, you're under, you're under information. Oh, I'm under information, oh, go ahead. Check registry, anybody want to ask questions on that? I'm, I'm just curious, just because it's, we haven't seen it before, but all of those $50 checks, just curious. That looks like the recognition checks. I think they were for some sort of course or something that they did. Ah, uh, okay. No, I, I, I think it's on there for $50. Um, so what, what those were, um, as part of the organizational change, um, since it was originally intended to implement next April, um, we um, um, staff agreed to to move it up and accelerate that timeline. So the organizational change structure happened last month. Um, on advice that Chris received, CEO um, said that since the original organizational change was scheduled for April, but since staff were agreeable by presenting them as a financial um, compensation for doing so just kind of cemented it and made it a bit more official. So again, you know, um, staff signed an agreement saying that they agreed to to this organizational structure change. They're changing departments, they're changing bosses. This is a, a financial compensation to acknowledge that fact that they are um, accommodating the town's request to, to change departments earlier than um, originally stated. And it, it, again, it's just a way to smooth it, um, the organizational change. Okay. Um, the other question I had was, am I going to Chevrolet for 12000 We buy something? <laughs> I don't think we bought a vehicle for 12000 but... Didn't they fix one of the vehicles and I don't know what else? Oh, my word, for 12000 Yeah, I think that was... Uh, Take off, I can't 
geotechnical engineer. They were the ones that would have uh, worked on these like, uh, applications earlier on and had done the geotechnical portion for that portion. So it made uh, logical sense for the administration to retain that same term just to carry on and expand the geotechnical report into uh, the entire slide area. So they've been working uh, on that for the last two weeks. And uh, we've also been having conversations with uh, Waterworks, uh, the bike shop down below. Uh, and we've also been in contact with the condo association up on 99th Street and they keep them advised of uh, what we've been doing for administration, uh, what steps we're taking and what we're looking at going forward. So, and we continue to be in conversation with them as well. And uh, I've actually got a meeting uh, with uh, Waterworks Coral uh, after lunch and then later on in the another meeting with the Condo Association just to provide them another update of what's going on. So, uh, and why we're speaking about today is because those two are the ones at potential risk. Uh, due to a total failure, failure of the slide and potential failure of 99 Street. So, uh, when you say a hill, what's that hill top? Hillside. Hillside, hillside condominium. Is that the apartment block? Yes. Or? yes. Okay. So they changed their name from Hillcrest? I think it's Hillside Condominium Association. So at this point, we've budgeted 145,000 complete the work uh, by Park One Geo to uh, complete the geotechnical equipment and to give us some uh, design parameters of how to remediate this, including uh, the design of uh, we're suspecting it's probably a tile wall foundation along 99th Street to stabilize that slope and probably either a pile or a gating wall lower off, lower down to uh, create a secondary bench kind of stabilize that slope as well as probably backfilling or removing that slide path that's there that's totally not stable and replacing with proper engineered fill. So that, that's kind of the direction I've given Park One Geo that uh, we need some specific engineering detail to move forward on. Like I said, uh, we continue to keep all parties apprised of our uh, events going forward. So our next steps, immediate steps uh, going forward, we're looking at doing drilling for geotechnical uh, probably next week and uh, starting at removing a little bit of the slide map next week, uh, more down towards the slope towards uh, waterworks. Uh, so that way we can kind of alleviate a lot of their concerns of that slide map being done on property. So it's fair to say we're going to have a pretty significant project here? That, that's correct. Uh, currently we've allocated uh, within the budget, and this is, you'll find this in your budget documents under the 99 Street slide, slide of approximately $2 million. That was going to be my next question. So is that in the base budget? Is that in the, cap is that the capital budget? We, we've uh, created a capital budget for that. For and then what's where are we thinking those monies are going to come from? Uh, well, uh, Director Callum, 
<laughs> I think we're going to need a realistic plan on this because I don't yes. think we're going to get lucky here. We're going to have to fix this somehow. Oh, absolutely. So, proposed funding for this right now on page 58 um, shows, and these were where some of these projects are tricky because this one we ultimately expect or hope to get some external funding. Since it literally just happened in the last month, um, we haven't been able to put in those requests. So right now we're showing it as $200,000 from our capital reserve, 1.357 of MSI monies, and half a million dollars of debt. The proposed capital budget that you see here, um, if council approves as is, um, does not impact the tax rate. All the funding is the debt would affect the tax rate. The debt is already built into tax rate model because every year we have debt that falls off the books. We have debt that's reduced, so we could incur a certain amount of debt every year. I know, but I thought we I thought we talked about this and we didn't have a whole lot of debt coming off the books, um, not anything substantial. And, and we don't. Um, it, it's small small pieces, and there was some this year. I believe there's a lap for a year or two. Um, but again, from a, from a financial modeling point of view, we can incur, there's half a million dollars in debt, there's $60,000 a year in debt payments over a 10 year period. Okay. That's manageable. Yeah, so that's, it's $60,000, but on a $21 million budget, you know, absorbing that is not, it's not too onerous. Well, I guess it is if we're already over budget. Um, we're, and that's true. We're gonna, uh, and this kind of gets to something you said was you don't see you don't don't see us dealing with the budget in a special workshop uh, and just on basically every every Monday chopping off a bit. I don't see that, and this is part of the reason why I don't see that. We need to we we, we need to get into the weeds on this one. So I think that we'll be. Uh, yeah, this probably isn't the time to no, talk yeah, about no, all, I agree, those, yeah. all those items, but I think we need to, we're, we're going to have to set aside an afternoon or a, or a day to go through through these budget items where, uh, yeah, I, I guess, and I guess on a personal on a note is, yeah, we should have had a budget workshop before you came out with the proposed budget. Um, I don't think it necessarily reflects the philosophy of council. Because now you've created a public document and you've got it out there. And council hasn't had time to look at it or review it. So, yeah, there's... Uh, so, we're, we're uh, I think we're going to have to have a, a one-day workshop to deal with this and these kind of questions so that's right yeah so this is going to be yeah this is not this this is amongst a lot of things we stopped planning for <laughs> so we're going to have to uh, um, we're going to have to work this one out and uh, see what sources will you know come up for us but uh, 
given that that the provincial government is going into, I, I'm not sure if they're going to be that keen on um, killing lifelines uh, in that barren area. Anyhow, uh, so that's the briefing note. Um, any other questions or things you would have liked to see in the briefing note? Well, I'm just curious, Jim, I haven't actually been on site. Which, like, is the slide moving directly towards the the building there, or is it kind of it's, it's more off the, uh, the building is progress or the slide is progressing to the north of the building, but uh, if you look at there's actually a secondary landslide that's created below that actually coming down onto on Waterworks property. Uh, but the, the main slide basically is a fairly wide slide, and I think I, I uh, showed council photos before on. Uh, what that slide looked like. Uh, I can bring them up again if you like. No, I don't. The other question I had at the, the Zoning Appeal Board, there was some concern about some of the existing materials that the sea cancer on site. Have they been able to move those yet, or are they still waiting until you meet with them tomorrow? Uh, no, I, I, like I mentioned, the Subdivision Appeal Board, uh, I hadn't restricted them, nor did I say I'd restricted them to meeting the sea cans. Uh, they can do that at any time, and uh, so uh, when I visit them tomorrow, I'll see if they've actually moved it. But, uh, I've got no issues with them using that secant. So as far as you know, the secant is still there. Yeah, so what I'm going to go down to talk to them tomorrow about is uh, just looking at removing part of the slide mass that's right from behind you there's up there. In order to do that, and you can access it into the property to be able to, to actually go in there and remove that slab mass for them. Uh, so that, that's part of tomorrow's discussion uh, because I uh, wanted to make it clear whether it's the town that removes it or they remove it, it has to be removed under engineering direction. So you've got to have uh, it, it's fairly critical that you've got some detection. Uh, technical expertise on uh, monitoring that removal so that way we're not triggering a massive landslide down the sea bed. Yeah, you probably should have included the pictures in the briefing notes. Um, and I'm on Google Earth and I'm looking at a picture that suggests 2016 and the backside of that hill where the uh, townhouses are looks like there's a Pretty good slide there. These are perpendicular to the hallway, right? I'm actually looking further to the north of that. Um, yeah, okay. So you know, we should have included the pictures in that one. Uh, the next item is a letter. I just asked. Is there any communication going out from the town office with respect to this? Following the initial slide, we had a brief update that went out just to inform people that the road had been closed. Um, we haven't updated them since the results of the geotechnical impact at all. Thanks. I guess I just uh, would like us to be. Um, <laughs> ahead of the uh, possible uh, opinions that might float around on this matter. 
No, agreed. And uh, that, the same token, I want to make sure it's fairly uh, comfortable and to give technical advice as we're seeking back in. So yes, that way, I wasn't providing any erroneous, erroneous messages to the public. Uh, letter from Warren Sunrise County, East Regional Health Care Attraction and Retention Committee. Uh, and this is just to tell us that uh, Deputy Reed Carolyn Tolabama will be serving on that committee. As an alternate, it's Campbell there. Oh, Campbell there, okay. Letter from County of Northern Lights. Uh, this one was also on the East Regional Healthcare Attraction and Recruitment Committee. And this is to advise us that Cheryl Anderson as Reed will be on that committee. And um, do we have an alternate? Brenda Wazinski. Brenda There's a letter from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police telling us they too are concerned about rising policing costs in the town of Keystone <laughs> and they will do whatever is in their power to, to minimize those costs. Uh, there's media release from the MD of Peace 131 and this is about their organizational meeting about Monday, October 24th, and that Robert William is to leave for the upcoming year, and Sandra Eastman is the deputy leader. So a motion to, oh yes, and we have uh, item 10.6, which uh, Mr. Orenfogel. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, share an email with uh, Council that I received on November 12th from uh, Damien Ganass from the Future Recurling Club. So we have another team um, or another sports group from the town of Peace River that has made and qualified for a national event. Um, team Webb's goal is to represent Peace River with pride, donating 10% of all of its winning and monies raised through sponsorship to the Rotary House. Um, they recently run, won a provincial event and will be representing Alberta at the Travelers Curling Club National Championships in Kelowna on November 20th or 26th. Um, they also just won their first place curling world tour event Fort St. John, and they will be hosting the uh, Peace Tour World Curling Tour here in Peace River December 9th to 11th, uh, with teams participating from all across the uh, Alberta region. And this is competing for prize money and ranking points. Um, Do they have a flag? I'm not sure. <laughs> Perhaps you as an individual would like to run their flag up the flagpole. And just on a side note, the uh, I know there, there there is no ask from council with this as I spoke to them about it already, but they're still looking for help with sponsorship this year and there are packages available varying from five hundred thousand and a two thousand dollar package for the steel naming rights. Of their winnings, and yet they're asking for money. Winnings that they may win? 
percent of that is going to the Rotary Hills. Were you listening to those numbers, yeah. Ms. Bell? Yeah. I heard 500,000. Or was that 5,000? 500,000 or 2,000. Oh, no. So oh, this okay. <laughs> I heard 500,000. I was going, Whoa. that's the kind of sponsorship we need for the Peace Regional Recreational <coughs> Complex. I agree. I yes. So I, the other thing I did ask a question about this event, and apparently this event in Kelowna is uh, just one step down from the from the Briar, so it's it's not quite Briar level, but one step down for it, so it is quite competitive throughout the throughout Canada. Yeah, they gave us uh, $500,000 sponsorship to fly their flag. I need a nature flag for it. Did I say, did I say 500? Yeah. I thought sure he said, said like it. You said five. No, I said five thousand, five hundred thousand, or two thousand. Yeah. Not five hundred thousand. Yeah, you're going to have the five hundred and the thousand together. <laughs> you need a comma. Well, I'm almost made a little bit gross. We can replay it for you. <laughs> Items ten point one through ten point six. Okay, all in favor. In favor. Any notices of motion, Ms. Bell? There are many or seven. And I don't see any members from the public in the gallery, so I'm assuming that uh, no, one, uh, no one from the public will be making comments. Um, I will uh, give our media representative from CKYL an opportunity to tell us what what should be the key communication items coming out of this meeting? Well, uh, for starters, right here. Budget. And uh, So is that going to be on the web, our website, Mr. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah. It's already there, is that what you're saying? It's already on Twitter. Okay. It'll be on our website,
Sure. Uh, you know,